What is up, everybody? Hope y'all had an excellent weekend. Welcome to episode 89 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Before we get to the OTC Player of the Week, I got a message from a friend of the show, Billy Hillhouse, this week, and he asked me to get get a message out. Um, if there's any pitchers out there on the men's side of the game that would like to play in New Zealand, get in touch with them. This could be open to someone wanting to stay after the WBSCs that are in New Zealand in November, or a young pitcher who wants to go down in October for the entire New Zealand season. If you're interested, please contact Hose. His email address is bill at hosapitching.com. Definitely sounds like an awesome opportunity. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Virginia as Billy Buchholz takes home the weekly honors. Billy had a fantastic start to the varsity season. In three games this week, she hit 833 with two doubles, two triples, and seven RBIs as her and the Atlee High Raiders start the season 3-0. Awesome job, Bailey. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Arizona State Sun Devils alum and 2021 Olympian with the Mexican national team, Sachelle Palacios. Sash had a stellar career to date. She excelled in her four years at Arizona State, twice being named to the Pac-12 All-Defensive Team, as well as being named a first-team All-Pac-12 in 2017. She helped lead Mexico to a berth in the Olympics in Tokyo this past summer, and is set to take part in her third season with Athletes Unlimited. We're going to talk to Sash about getting her start in the game, the big influence her family plays in her life, her time at ASU and how she almost quit the game after her freshman season, of course the Olympic Games, and much, much more. Sash was an absolute pleasure to chat with. I'm so happy I reached out for her to do this. I can't wait to see what the future holds for her. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. What I'm feeling Ain't never felt this freedom I got the world in my palm Like Sarah actually song Ain't never felt this freedom Could you, could you say that anything goes Anything goes Anything goes Anything goes Anything goes Anything go sas thanks so much for coming on the podcast i'm so excited to be here i'm excited to talk to you awesome how's things going down in cali oh it's so nice i honestly have nothing to complain about i mean the weather right now has been so nice and just it's been a really relaxing yet productive off season for me and just being back home has been um a, a blessing for sure awesome let me guess typical 70 80 degree march weather yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. We got a couple, and that's, this is us being snobby San Diego people, but we got a couple of days where it was, you know, cold, rainy, and I'm like, what is this? But it's spring weather, right? Yeah. But yes, today is like six, uh, 75, 77 degrees, so it's super nice. It's giving us, you know, what it's going to look like this summer for us, so it's been really nice, nice. today. So, uh, well, up here in Canada, it's today on the East Coast, it was 60 degrees, and that is awesome for merch right yeah. now I, 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 this afternoon i was like oh wow this is amazing like uh, yeah I, I hope this is what you know what the forecast looks like you know <laughs> going forward because i can definitely live with this oh i know i have friends that live in chicago 
And the other day they posted something saying, oh my God, we have a heat wave. It was like low sixties. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, wow, I'm so lucky with where I live, but definitely Canada. I, I love Canada. I, I was very fortunate to go a couple of times, obviously with team Mexico. And mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll dive into that, oh, but yes. I, I love Canada. I miss going over there and it's just such an awesome country. And I love it out there. Hey, we'll take, um, we'll take all the compliments we can get. <laughs> so, I oh, love it. I got to ask. So I saw yesterday that you posted news that you can't wait to share with everyone. Do we get the scoop yeah. or, or we got to wait? No, you guys are going to have to wait. Uh, okay. <laughs> super exciting. Um, um, I can't wait to share it with everybody, but yes, I cannot be giving any pointers or any <laughs> tips just yet, but okay. um, shortly here I will be announcing and, um, but yes, I knew that this was going to be the, the hot topic. So I'm glad that you caught me in a moment of, of strength and not weakness. Okay, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. I can't wait to, can't wait to hear, um, little thing we like to kick the podcast off with, uh, call it quick pitches. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to throw out some random questions for you and they're random. <laughs> so be okay. ready and, uh, okay. answer them as best you can. Okay. All right. First one. I, and I yes. ask, I, I've been asking this one to all of my guests. So, uh, okay. if you had to live off one meal for a week, what is it? Oh man. Um, honestly, my mom is such a good cook. She makes, it's called, it's in Spanish, but it's camarones rancheros, but it's basically shrimp over like Mexican rice with like spice and it's amazing. Oh. So it's a little, it's random, but it's one of my mom's best dishes. And I would literally eat that for the rest of my life. Love shrimp. Like Yes, it's so good. Oh, well, here on the East Coast, like that's where seafood's our thing, right? Lobster, shrimp, uh-huh. scallops. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, shrimp. So good. Yeah. Uh, so good. Next one. Uh, biggest thing you miss at ASU? I, I just miss the culture. I miss the what you are working towards. You have a group of people to your left and to your right working towards the same goal. I mean, preseason, then you get into regular season and then postseason. You have... Um, these opportunities to show up and represent your your university and just the culture of college athletics. I really do miss it. I'm fortunate that my sister's uh, currently at the U of A. And so I can kind of live vicariously through her, but I do miss the culture and the camaraderie and just being around people that are very like-minded every Mm. single day. Right on. We'll talk about Charlize a little later on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Next one. uh, Do you have a favorite show that you like to binge watch? Oh yes. I love, um, Huge, huge, huge New Girl fan. I have probably watched it three times. Shut through. up. Shut up. I love New Girl. Oh my God. Love New Girl. Me um, too. It's the best. <laughs> it's, it's the best. Unreal. Like, oh, like trying to think what season it was. I think around four or five. See, yeah. around four or five is when I really started watching. I was like, oh, okay, I got to go back and watch all this. Like, like, oh, it's it's the best. Anytime oh. any of the tension between, you know, Nick and Jess and Cece and Schmidt, I love, I live for that. <laughs> Schmidt and is it's amazing. Because he's my favorite. <laughs> and Nick is a very close second. But yeah. um, I recently, um, I've been begging my mom and my sister to watch. My sister never gave me a shot to, to watch it with her, to have her like start binging it. Yeah. Um, but my mom started it recently and she got super hooked right away. And so we would watch it together. And I just seeing the, the shows over and over, like multiple times through, you pick something up yeah. that you didn't see the first time through. And so it's just a feel good. It's, it's, 
one of my favorite shows and I could literally watch it in the background or just spend time watching it and just full depth. So it's literally one of my favorite. And I love when people also share that love for it as well. Yeah. Like the scenes where like you'd have Nick Schmidt and Winston and oh my God, David, oh, oh, man, it's just, okay. If anybody listening has not watched new girl, I highly advise. That's, that's your homework. Yep. Yes. That's it. Go watch it. Go. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, next one. Uh, if you could go back and play one game over again, which one is it? Oh man. Tough one. Uh, I mean, the one that's freshest on my mind is probably the game against Canada. Uh, um, at the yep. Olympic games where we lost in the bronze game. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, that was a tough loss, but I, I definitely think that our growth with the national team, and I'm again, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but yeah. our growth with the national team was something that I'm super proud of. And although that was a really tough loss for us, I think that, you know, we kind of showed the world, you know, a glimpse of Mexico softball and what we're made of. And, but I would definitely go back and just be more present and just enjoy that game. It was stressful. It was great. We we're in great company with the, that Canadian national team. And, Obviously, we would have liked it to go a different way, but I mean, we left it. We emptied the tank. So, absolutely. Uh, next one, biggest role model growing up. Ooh, um, obviously, like my parents both played. Um, my dad played baseball. My mom played softball. I mean, growing up, I I remember going. Uh, my my mom pulled up some pictures lately or recently of me going to a couple of my dad's games, and so I would say, obviously, the first one is my mom and dad. My dad watching him play, and he was a catcher, so I I learned everything that I know through him. Um, and then when I was a little bit older, um, kind of when I was already committed to ASU, I, I looked up a lot to Caitlin uh, Castillo, who was a catcher at ASU, okay. and my similar builds. Um, and I just, I loved the energy she brought behind the plate and I wanted to emulate that. And, um, but definitely, uh, my parents for sure. And just, it, I think it changes in your phases of life, mm. but, um, definitely my parents and what they've been able to sacrifice to be able to get me and my siblings basically where we're at now. So yeah. Right on. Your dad was drafted, wasn't he? Yeah, he was drafted out of high school. Uh, he was drafted after high school. I think it was with the Detroit Tigers. And then the next year he got drafted again and it just wasn't in his cards. Um, and I think that that's why, I mean, he is such an advocate to continue playing as long as we can, but to prepare ourselves so that once we leave the diamond, once we leave the field, we don't have any regrets. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, with his wisdom and with my, you know, just his hard he gives advice and it's very, sometimes it's hard to, it's cr- uh, constructive criticism, right? But yeah. I definitely think between him and my mom, knowing the game and understanding that not all, all the time it's going to be rainbows and butterflies. We're going to have to learn how to, to get through the hard. Um, it, he's allowed us to propel and to, to really excel in our, in our sport, all three of us. So yeah, yeah. it's been really a, a cool, unique bond that we share. Well, that, that- definitely had to be a benefit for you know you and your siblings growing up you know the fact that your your dad has that background and your mom totally totally i mean sometimes i'm not gonna lie sometimes after travel ball, yeah. i'd be like yeah. dang my, yeah. my dad would be like okay you could do this and you see this part of the game you could have done this and then i'm like okay that wasn't that bad and then you know i have my mom in the passenger seat and she's like kiko do you remember when she did this do you think she could do this better and i'm like oh crap so i think that again biggest blessing is them understanding the game making us better but they also understand they understand the game so they understand that sometimes it's not going to go our way the game's not going to give you on certain days 
And I think that it's, like I said, it's a very unique, um, very unique bond that we have. And now that I'm older and reflect and just see my career, how it's played out, I'm, that's something that I'm super thankful for. And just very lucky that we get to share that, that passion, all of us together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, a few more here. Uh, do you yeah. consider a tomato a fruit or a vegetable? <laughs> um, I would say a vegetable. Okay, I would say vegetable. Good. <laughs> because Is those, that right? Those people that say that it's a fruit, I question their whole mentality. Yeah, I would say a, I would say a vegetable. <laughs> okay, good. Uh that was one of those weird ones I had to throw in there. I love it. Uh where's one place in the world you would love to go on vacation? Oh man, I've been very fortunate with my career to be able to go to a lot of different places. I think the next thing that I would love to go to and this is something that I talked to my sister about. I'm like, maybe one summer when we don't have softball, but we just don't, we get these opportunities that we can't let go. Right. But, um, I would think, uh, Santorini, Greece, um, or somewhere in Europe. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I have Italy is on the top of my life. Like, I love to go to Italy just to experience oh, yeah, the, whole, that would be awesome. the whole culture and, you know, especially the food. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, load. I, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last one. Yes. Best major league baseball stadium you've been to. Oh, come on. Peco park. <laughs> I, knew, I uh, knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I we're very fortunate here in San Diego with the, with the facility that we have. I mean, Peco park is, Oh, it's, it's beautiful. I love going there. Reminds me of when I was younger, when we'd go, when I was with our rec league that, you know, I grew up playing out, we'd have those days where all of us would go, we'd walk on the field and the outside or the outfield, um, and just those memories. So obviously I'm very biased, but I would say Peco Park. And that's something that I, I talked to my brother about. We have, you know, our goal, our bucket list is to go to all the stadiums. And I've been to a, quite a bit with just traveling with softball and being in different cities. But I, I it's nothing like being at Peco and watching the Friars do their thing. And it's been a hard couple of years, but um, I think thing, things are on track. Things are on track. I hope so. I really hope so. We say that around this time of year. So hopefully we can uh, have a successful season. And yeah. I'm sure that, you know, it's looking really bright for us. So yeah. I'm excited. Keep Tatis Jr. off motorcycles. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. Like last week uh, on the podcast, I had Don Tricker on. He's actually on. Okay. on he's the director of player health and, and what is it? Development for the San Diego Padres. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah, he he's been part of the men's game for New Zealand, and he's okay. now he's now with San Diego. And we got talking, like I of course I asked him about the Padres and everything, but uh, the yeah. whole Tatis Junior thing didn't go down prior to this. And I was like, oh, I kind of wish it did. You're like, we need to do a part two. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you guys have any specifications for Tatis to keep him off? Oh no, <laughs> I definitely think that you know it's it's really cool to see like how he is brought a glimpse of just flame and, and, oh. and spark to our city, honestly. And he's so it's good. Been really, really oh, so good. And I just, it's, he brings people up and it's been really fun to watch our guys play. And I'm telling you the electricity at the field, just that's what makes Peco park. Mm. So, so memorable and so special for me and my family is just, obviously we grew up playing or grew up going to the games when we were younger and watching on TV and, but now going to the to the, the games and seeing just the city come together and rally behind and it's just been really cool. And he's a big testament to that. Obviously we want to see him on the field and yeah. no no player wants to be injured, but he has really brought that electricity, that spark to 
our ball club that it's been really cool to watch as a, as a fan and as a spectator. Yeah. And having Manny there too, that, uh, <laughs> Oh, doesn't, doesn't hurt. Right. Doesn't hurt. Really strong, <laughs> strong left side. I know. Yeah. Where did you get to, uh, the all-star game was there a few years ago, wasn't it? In, yes, it was there. It was here in San Diego. I think it was 2018. Yeah. I was going to say 2018. 20, yeah. 2018. I was out of town. I was traveling with, um, I want to say with the national team. So I, I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, but I have a lot of friends that went and just, again, it brings people to our city to see, you know, yeah. just, I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of where I'm from and I love being from San Diego. It's such a unique spot and very diverse and culturally diverse. And I think that, you know, people got to see Peco Park in a new light. And unfortunately I wasn't able to go, but it was really nice to see people come to our city and friends from different areas coming into town and kind of, you know, giving that, Hey, we, we were able to spend time in San Diego and it's a great spot. Um, cause obviously I'm very proud to be from here. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you, okay. If, on your stadium tour, if you Milwaukee, I've been to Milwaukee to Miller park and I have actually been, Oh, you've been there. Yes. And it, I love that park. Oh man. It is. I love that one. I love, uh, St. Louis was amazing. Um, I, I mean, all of them have a unique twist yes. to it, right? I mean, the same game, same type of dimensions, but I mean, except for some, there's something like, true, <laughs> true, and that's definitely that one in the Yankees is definitely one that I talked to my brother about wanting to go. But I mean, you you look at all these different you know fields, and mm. it's just something so unique and so different about them, um, and just the the fans and what they bring. So definitely, that's on our bucket list. Me and my brother, my whole family, really, we want to do that. But me and my brother definitely, and it's funny because anytime I go, I get him you know, a shirt with the big player, or a, you know, mm. the ball with the logo yeah. and he gets all bummed. He's like, oh, Michelle, <laughs> you can't go to another stadium until you take me. I'm like, well, you know, I got to kill two birds with one. Yeah, stone, really? right? but <laughs> I'm there. I have to do nice. it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get on with your career. Let's uh, yeah. tell us how you got your start in the game. Oh, well, I was heavily influenced by my parents, obviously. No, no. Um, yeah, <laughs> my, we're a baseball family. I mean, my dad grew up playing, uh, my mom played softball in high school, loved it. My dad, like I said, was drafted out of high school. Um, unfortunately did not sign, but he had opportunities He played with the Mexican national team. He did, you know, the area uh, code games, he did all of it. And then my mom played in high school. She had a couple offers to go play at universities, but you know, it was very uh, uncommon and, you know, she didn't get the opportunity to go play in college, but, you know, so when they, I was old enough to play, they put me in and that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I tell about a lot of people is like, my parents did such a cool job giving us the opportunity to try everything. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I played soccer. I played basketball. I did tennis. You know, I did, you know, dance. I did, you know, art. I did piano lesson. I did everything. And it just softball was what stuck and what I loved from a very young age. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always caught, but I also, I mean, everybody was a pitcher <laughs> at a very young age. So I pitched, I played, you know, the field, but just something behind being behind the dish and behind the feet uh, behind the plate was just something that like from a very young age, I loved, I felt just so confident. I loved, I loved being there. I loved seeing the game from that perspective. And so Obviously, when I was old enough, they put me in. I was playing. I was going to see my dad play locally. Um, and it just, 
immediately just gravitated towards it. Um, I played other sports in high school. I played volleyball in high school. And um, I advise everybody at this age to play when they're young and in high school. Do your do it does your body good playing oh, multiple positions, 100%. In multiple sports. Yeah. Right. And that's what I tell parents. I'm like, let them be kids. And I think that my parents did such a good job of letting us do that. All three of us. Yeah. Um, but softball obviously stuck. Um, and I, I remember watching college softball on TV and my dream school was UCLA and because it's right up the road, mm-hmm. right? I would go to camps and I would tell my parents, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to UCLA. I'm going to play <laughs> softball. I'm not going to school. I'm just going to go play softball. <laughs> no and school. Like, yeah, no school, just softball. Naive thinking that that was a possibility. Yeah. But um, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to play college softball. I knew I wanted to be in that environment. I knew I wanted to be in a Pac-12 school. Um, and so I was very fortunate when I went through the recruiting and I got to play at ASU, which was a fantastic um, opportunity and experience. Um, but I mean, I was obviously very young when I started. And I think about that a lot lately with this off season is just like, I'm very lucky to continue playing. And there's some days where I'm like, dang, you know, it's hard being a professional and, and having to have multiple side hustles and jobs. But yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've been given these opportunities and creating this network with people that um, continue to give me opportunities to continue playing because I really do enjoy competing. I enjoy representing our sport. And it's been really cool to a very full circle moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was gonna, I was going to ask if, if you had love for the game right away, but obviously that is true. Like oh, man. when you started, I, you did. Yeah, I did. I I remember, you know, being young, we had a very competitive rec league. Um, Hannah Flippin, who, you know, oh, yeah. plays yeah. at AU too. She's from this area and we grew up playing together since we were like six years old, six, seven years old. Is that right? And yeah. Wow. And not a lot of people know that, but our South Bay, which is Chula Vista here in San Diego, yeah. we, it's very competitive. Um Baseball, obviously, you have hmm. East Lake High School. You have high schools in the area that are very competitive and that a lot of people know about. But softball was very competitive and is very competitive here in the South Bay. And we had a, a rec league called Bonita Valley that, you know, I played rec league and then we'd play all-stars. And all summer we'd be traveling. We'd be um, practicing every every single day. Hmm. We'd have tournaments every weekend for the whole summer. And I never remember complaining about it. I mean, maybe soreness or, you know, three games in one day catching, obviously you're going to yeah. be a little sore, but I never complained about it. I, I remember coming home, doing my homework, getting ready for practice and going and never complaining. I just, it, I, I feel like I was born to do this from a very young age. I, I love playing this sport. I love talking this sport. I yeah. love just like what it provides, the opportunities it provides for people. And it just, it's been, so yeah, I've been very passionate about it. I could watch baseball, I could watch the game. I could watch baseball with my dad all day long. I could watch it with my brother and talk it. And just, it's such a unique sport. And I, I believe it. And my parents would always tell me it's in your blood. And I, you know, when I was younger, I'm like, you guys are silly. Like <laughs> you guys are weird. Yeah. But like, I really do think that like I was meant to play the sport and, and excel and continue playing and just been so awesome to, to be able to live out my dream that a dream that a little eight to 10 year old, saw one day and and wanted to do it and i'm still doing it you know 20 years later which is it's just been really special oh that's awesome i'm I'm with you on that i mean it is such a great game like it's yeah 
it's hard to explain to a lot of people. Like, like, you know, you have those people that are like diehard baseball fans and I'm a diehard mm-hmm. baseball fan, but when it comes to softball, it's a totally different level. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. cause I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but it is different and totally it's, it's different for the better. I find. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, you think about it and like you said, it's really hard to explain to people that are not passionate or don't see like the beauty in our sport. But like something that I was thinking about lately is like Jocelyn Allo, right? She played with my sister in travel ball. I know Jossie pretty well. Um, she can and hit. Gum, comes from, oh yeah, she can hit. <laughs> definitely. And she, she comes from a great family and, um, and people are starting to, you know, see and hear about, you know, what her family had to sacrifice to get her to that spot, mm-hmm. you know, and. I think it's like the unwritten rules obviously is one thing, but like how beautiful the game is. Like she was trying to break the home run record. Right. And Mm. it wasn't until she was in Hawaii Hawaii. in her home state in a, in a field against playing against girls that she grew up playing against. Right. I know with her parents in the stands where she broke it. I mean, the game does not get better than that. Right. It does not get better than that. And you know, I tell people all the time, the game gives you sometimes and, as good as it is, sometimes it's super hard on the other side of the spectrum, but it makes those moments so much more rewarding. And it's just, it's like you said, Randy, it's so hard to explain to other people that don't yeah. understand it or don't see the beauty in our sport. But again, I mean, it's just, it's so fun to talk about. I could talk about all the time and just like at any level, I love the MLB. I love, you know, mm. the NCAA just, it's, it's something that it's so, it's so unique. And obviously I'm very fortunate that my parents brought us up around the game um and just it's it's been really cool to share with my family yeah absolutely absolutely um so when did playing college softball come on the radar for you so i played in that rec league from 18u or 8u excuse me till 14u and then after 14u that's the highest you could go with the rec league um i was in high school i started with the local organization here in san diego called the san diego renegades I was about 15, 14, 15 years old, I think 15. Um, and so it was very local, very low key. Um, and I, um, was playing and then I moved my way up to 18 gold. Um, and I was playing again with the San Diego Renegades and then we would do showcases, we would practice. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we would go to these bigger showcases. I remember going to St. George, Utah, we would go to, you know, the qualifiers, all that stuff. Mm. Um, and I remember just like, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I just, I was, the, I'm the firstborn and I, it was very different, very unique experience. The recruiting process, very different than what it was for my sister. Um, but I got, you know, a couple offers from people, people interested. I went to, I'm from San Diego, obviously. So I went to San Diego state camps. You know, that was my first offer way back when. Um, and just, I, I remember hearing from ASU um, and I knew about the Myers. I, I loved watching them compete. Um, and it was actually the year that they won the world series that I committed. And so I committed to ASU Then I moved up to OC bat busters and I finished my um, travel ball career out there, but it was just it, very different than what my sister experienced. Right. Um, but it was a, a whole different world of college college is contacting you, you getting on the phone with, you know, uh, coaches. And at the time I was like, I would call them. I remember calling them and I, I talked to one of the coaches at my sister's USA tryouts. Um, and I remember I would like, I would tell her, I was like, 
I remember calling you and wishing that it would go to voicemail because <laughs> at that young age, at that young age, I was like, how am I going to talk to an adult? Absolutely. How am I going to, yes. right? It was yeah. so intimidating. And now I think about it and I was like, I was talking to her and I was like, man, I was like, I was like praying that you would not answer the phone that would go directly to your voicemail. And I was pleasantly surprised when you would. And and obviously we'd have great conversations for a high school kid, right? Talking to an adult. But I look back at it and I'm like, just la- I laugh because we make it such such a big deal, but it's just humans talking about something that we're passionate about, right? Mm. Same thing like this with me and you talking, Randy, like we're talking about things we're passionate about. Yeah. But at that young age, as a firstborn, as somebody that's like been thinking about getting to this goal for so long, it's really intimidating. So I just, I think back and they're all full circle moments, like just thinking back to it and just laughing like, Sichelle, oh, <laughs> man, I wish I would have just enjoyed it a little bit more instead of being so worried about it, you know, but yeah, yeah. it all worked itself out. And um, obviously I got to accomplish that goal and that dream of playing in in college, but it was very different than what it is now. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. It, oh, 100%. No, when I was doing my research, you know, cause I mean, I go into, I, I yeah. try to find as much stuff as I can. Did yeah. I, did I, did you have, get questioned by one of the recruiters about, you know, your stature, you know, as five foot three as a catcher? Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, <laughs> I was, I'm, I was tall when I was very young, like when I was pitching, I was, and then everybody started growing and I didn't, and I, I'm five, three and I'm proud of it. Like I, I love, you know, I, I would, people would kind of, you know, Oh, five, three, like that's not a normal size for a catcher, right, right. a little bit shorter, especially, you know, um, the girls that I was growing up around a lot, a tall lanky and, but the beautiful thing about our sport is like, it doesn't know your size. It doesn't know anything. The game doesn't know. That's and right. I just, I, I've, take it as my advantage. I love being my size. I love what I bring. I, I, you know, it's something that I've like learned with age and just growing up. It's like, I'm very proud of my stature and my size and my build because it's allowed, my body has allowed me, it's been a vessel to basically propel me through my, through my career and also just knock down, you know, goals and dreams one after the other. Right. And, I, I love being able to talk to girls and, and, you know, I got, that's kind of when it hit me is this off season, I got asked to uh, talk at my old rec leagues opening day. Unfortunately I was out of town um, for some prior commitments, but I, it hit me. I'm like, wow, I'm a kid from Chula Vista that got to do this with this body that God gave me. And it's just been so awesome to be able to teach that to the younger girls. Like you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to be a certain build. You can get after it and you could be so good at your craft and your position by showing up and being a hundred percent yourself. And my parents have always done such a great job of just reiterating that for me is like, you don't have to look a certain way. You can literally be you and, and and excel at that. And I'm, I take a lot of pride in my craft and it's just been, it's been wonderful to be able to share that with the girls that are younger and coming up and aspiring to do the same things that I've gotten to do. Right on. What a great message. Um, yeah. what led to the decision for Arizona state? So I was, you know, talking to a couple colleges and I, like I said, I watched a lot of college softball and I watched, you know, I was a little too young for the 2008. I don't really remember that when ASC won, but I remember watching them in 2011 and I went on my visit and I immediately just fell in love with the school. I fell in love with the campus. I love that it was far enough away 
where I had to be, I had to grow up. I had to gain my independence, mm -hmm. but it was also close enough where my parents could go see me. Cause that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, I loved the weather. I loved just everything about it. And then I, I met the Myers and I, I met the coaching staff. I saw just the facility and I felt at home. I felt at home and my dad even felt it. And we talk about it. Like I, we went and just, it felt right. It felt like the perfect fit and people, you know, people always tell you in your recruiting process, you know, when you know, right. Yeah. But it's not until you feel it and you're around those people. And it was just the perfect fit for me. And, you know, I was recruited through the Myers right before going to college. I got the call from coach, coach Myers that he was going to Auburn and, you know, it was hard coming in as a freshman, expecting one thing and getting a whole new coaching staff. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's life. You, you bob and weave through life and you make adjustments. And I mean, my, my experience was not really what I expected it would be, but, um, with the coaching changes that I, that had, I had to go through, but mm -hmm. I mean, I loved my school. I loved where I was at. And that's kind of the advice that I gave my sister that I gave people that are going through the recruiting, make sure you fall in love with the school and where you're going to be at. Because we see in college softball, there's a lot of changes in, in coaching staffs. Right. Yeah. And if you can love where you're at and you're playing the sport you love, you'll be able to withstand that. Right. Yeah. Cause absolutely. back in the day, the transfer portal really wasn't a thing no. when I was in school. No. Um, so I was just very fortunate that I fell in love with the location and my school and I, I, I did really good in school and that's the ultimate goal was to get through school and, and to excel in the academic side too. So I was just really fortunate and I fell in love with ASU from the moment I stepped on campus. Right on. I love the backdrop at the field there, you know, the palm trees. Oh, and, it's, oh it's beautiful. Awesome. It reminds me a lot of home. So. Oh, no doubt. It reminds me a lot of home. <laughs> so it just, it, it felt right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, what do you remember about arriving there? What, like, 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 was it overwhelming at first? Like you're, you know, when you like, cause you guys didn't really start. Well, I guess you would for fall ball, but I mean, realistic, you didn't start till February, but I mean, was it, was it overwhelming at first? I remember my parents drove me up in our truck with all of my stuff for college. Like, and I remember, you know, if you've ever been, you're driving up the, the 10 and you see just the, the lake, it's very different. The last time I went, I didn't even recognize my school because of all the just renovations and everything. But you see the, the campus and you see everything in the big sign that says ASU campus. And I remember sleeping majority of the way on the road. <laughs> Shout out my parents. They're amazing. But I was sleeping and I remember waking up, seeing that sign. And I just had this rush of emotions. I was so nervous. I was thinking, man, I've never been away from home. I, you know, I'm going out of state. I'm going to be living on my own. I remember the first night in my dorm, it was just a whirlwind of emotions, but you know, I went in with Dallas Escobedo with that senior class and it just, it was kind of like a surreal moment. I mean, I committed when I was a junior, I went to travel ball, you know, you talk, you do your official, but it's nothing like, holy crap, my parents are going to drop me off and they're going to leave me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously I'm very fortunate that I got to play a college sport because you automatically go in with a family, right. with a support group. Right. And, um, it was the, the fall was very unique lifting, you know, getting pulled in multiple di uh, uh, different directions. But I mean, it was very seamless and it was just, I got to my goal. I got to my dream and I was soaking it all in and trying to be the best on the field, trying to be the best teammate. And it just, it, again, it was so long ago, but it was, I will never forget arriving, pulling off of the freeway 
having that rush of emotions, like, holy crap, this is real. And I'm about to live on my own and do, do my thing. And it just, it was, again, went by so quickly, but it was so memorable and just something that I'm very happy that I got to experience. Yeah. It's it's funny you brought up, about you know, you got to start with a family, your team. I never Mm -hmm. even thought about, you know, being one of those students, you know, that get dropped off. They're not part of a, like a varsity club or anything. Yeah. They get dropped off and they're like, oh, here you go. Learn how to grow up. Yeah. That, yeah. As soon as you said that, that just hit me. I was like, wow, that it's got to be hard. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, and like I grew up, you know, when I went to college, I had, I lived with three other teammates. So our schedules all kind of matched up. Hmm. You know, we were always together. We would drive to weights. We would drive to practice. We would drive back from, you know, we were always together. And then I lived with a friend that was in the Greek life and it's just very different. Granted, people that don't play sports have a different experience and they meet friends and they get to their lifelong friends, but it just immediately right out of the gate, you know, you get in, you have freshman orientation, you meet up with your teammates and then you start weights, you meet up with the team and it's just the camaraderie that, like I said, the thing I miss the most is that culture and working towards a goal right when you get on campus during the fall. And the cool thing is like, you know, you start as a freshman, then you work your way up to sophomores and you're helping the freshmen guide them through their freshman year. And then you look back and you blink and you're like, holy crap, I'm a senior helping the younger classmen. Right. Yeah. Just, it's, it's very, it's a, such a unique experience and I'm having my sisters getting to experience it. Um, next is my little brother. He's in high school. And if that's what he wants to do and he wants to play college baseball, we're going to be the biggest fans. And if he doesn't want to do it, you know, there's other things that he gets to, um, experience that, you know, and that's going to be all his decision. So just very unique, but the, you know, obviously the end goal is finishing that school and, and, and getting that paper because that that's going to propel you. That's what my dad would always say. It's going to propel you in life. Absolutely. 100%. Now I asked this to all my guests that have played NCAA. Do you remember your first start? Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I played a little bit in the fall. Um, I played a little bit in the, like the, our fall games. Right. I remember catching Dallas and, oh man, I don't think I, my nerves calmed down until after my first throwdown, the very first inning. <laughs> I was like, my eyes, I feel like were shaking. I was just like, it was a surreal moment. Like you said, seeing that backdrop, seeing Dallas receiving the ball, just taking it all in underneath the lights. And yeah. it's funny because I, when I left for college, my mom and dad didn't cry. Like my mom, I, my dad is is not a big emotion crier guy, but I thought maybe my mom would tear up, you know, her firstborn is leaving out of the (laughs) state going to it. No, nothing dry. No, no, nothing. Come on, mom. And (laughs) it wasn't until she saw me on the field that first fall game. And she didn't tell me right away, but she told me a little bit later that she teared up. She lost it, you know? And Randy, it's like, it was, I made it, I made it to my dream. Yeah. You know, that little girl that was young here in Chula Vista growing up right next to the uh, Olympic training center, going to those exhibition games, seeing girls on TV, wanting to do that working. I finally made it to my goal. And yes. so she cried then, <laughs> but I remember that was my first like unofficial start. Um, yeah. And then, you know, season rolled around and I, I got dealt a little bit of adversity. I didn't play a single game. Um, my, my freshman year, it was really hard, really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, 
I tell people this, that like, I didn't play, I, I didn't really excel. I didn't learn a lot. You know, I don't care. I went in with a very, very talented team and, you know, obviously my expectation was to play, but it, even if I didn't play, learn, I wanted to learn and be a sponge and absorb. Yep. And I just, I didn't feel like I got the opportunities right mm-hmm. out of the gate my freshman year. And so I remember my freshman year, I was at Washington and I like called my dad crying. I was like, dad, I don't want to play anymore. Like, this is not for me. I just, I realized this is hard and I am not getting the playing time that I thought I wanted school is hard, all this. And my dad was like, we're not quitters. You're going to finish the season with your team. You are going to finish it off and then you'll come home and we can talk about it then, but you're not going to quit mid season. And I remember being in Seattle and being like, what are you kidding me? Like, you know, it was so hard because I was so young. Mm -hmm. I I think about it. I was 18 years old away from home, missing home. You know, this shock where you go from being an all, all amazing player playing every game to not playing. It was a lot. And I remember finishing the season, unfortunately lost in regionals. We, I came home and I remember telling my dad, like, do not bug me to play softball. Do not like ask me to practice. Just give me some space. Like, and that was usually what we would do. I would come home on breaks. We would hit like, it was just, that was our thing. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of fell out of love with it for a little bit. And he gave me my space. You know, I started working out a little bit and then he asked me about a team Mexico tryout. And I was like, and I had about a month, month and a half out until that tryout. And he gave me my space and I was like, okay, uh, I'll do it. Like, let's start, let's start hitting, let's start throwing, let's start getting into it. Right. And I started practicing with my dad. He was just feeding me like that. There's nothing like a dad's like advice, especially somebody that understands and knows you better than anybody else. Right. And so I was training, I tried out for team Mexico. I made it, it was in Irvine, which is about an hour and a half from home. I made the team. I played in the world cup that year. And that was a spark. Like that was a spark that ignited the fire. Right. I fell back in love with it. I was training. I was playing, I was playing international. I was behind the dish again. I was just, Oh man, it was something that like that propelled my, my career again. And I remember going back. I told my dad going back into my sophomore year, I told him, I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get a starting position this year. I'm going to go and I'm going to prove myself and I'm going to leave it on the field. And I did, I went back my sophomore year and I, I gained myself a starting spot and that was where I felt it clicked for me. And Again, you know, it's hard. I mean, I went in with these expectations my my freshman year and mm-hmm. I look back at it now that I'm older and I'm like, maybe I could have done more. I could have done more myself instead of, you know, blaming it on other people or yeah. not getting another enough opportunities. But like that was adversity that I've never dealt with that now looking back at it, like I needed that to be able to get the opportunity to go play with Team Mexico. Right. Yeah. And it was just from then on, I was playing with Team Mexico every summer and it just, it's so cool to like think back of this downtime that I have right now, like think back about my career and just, it's all so full circle. And it's like, again, we go back to it, Randy, like we love this game and the game is so beautiful and it gives and it takes. And like, maybe if I would have started every single game, my freshman year, I would have been, my tank would have been emptied and maybe I wouldn't have tried out for team Mexico. Right. And maybe my international career wouldn't have started that year. And I just think everything God has like a, his hand on everything. And yeah. it's just been really cool to reflect and just to think about it. And just, I've been very fortunate. I mean, 
very fortunate to do what I've been doing and just be very passionate about it. It's funny. You, you answered three of my questions all in that oh, one crap. No, I love I'm, it. I'm I love job. it. No, no, no. I love it because cause I was going to say, I was going to ask what your mindset was going into your sophomore season. But I mean, you said yeah. it, it's to get a starting position, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, uh. so, and I had to make changes. I had to make changes. Like I had to yeah. make changes, you know, adjustments, you know, physically, like physically prepare myself, um, you know, lose some weight, you know, do things, train harder. And then I had to make adjustments mentally and, you know, on the box and behind the plate to be that person that was going to help uh, my team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking back at it, I did that at a very young age. I was, you know, 19 years old when I went 18, 17, 18 years old, 19 years old that I made these adjustments. I played with the international ball. I was playing against people like Jackie Trina, who I grew up, you know, yeah. I remember that was my first at bat international was against USA <laughs> against Jackie Trina. It's like, welcome to the big leagues, right? <laughs> Hit it kid. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Rookie. Yeah. Like I remember, and I remember looking at pictures and just seeing that I had an ASU helmet on. I had ASU batting gloves, you know, the Mexico gear, like, you know, jersey and shorts that's when they would wear shorts internationally and it was just like it was another goal that I never anticipated but I needed it in that moment and like it's just so crazy how my mom and dad knew exactly what I needed in that moment to help propel me and like from that very moment that's what they they saw that I needed and they've been just advocating for me to push and continue living out that that dream of playing international ball, because I do remember that my dad told me that he played for the baseball side and he loved it. And it was just like, again, I'm telling you full circle and that's the game. It's yep. beautiful in that way. Yep. Absolutely. Now you have a stellar four years with the Sun Devils. Are there mm-hmm. any big memories that stick out for you with your time there? Um, obviously just like playing with the girls that won, the national championship in 2011 as a freshman, like that is so cool to be able to say. Um, I mean, just dealing with that adversity that, you know, with the coaching staffs being changed, I really, my senior year with coach Ford coming in was just like heaven sent. She came in and like her first meeting, I'll never forget. I was sitting in her office and she's like, so tell me about yourself. And I was like, well, I was like, well, when I'm struggling, I like to do this. And I was talking about like the softball side of things, you know? Yeah. And she's like, no, Sichelle, tell me about your family. Tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about what you want to do after senior year. Like, and it was like the first time that I felt like a coach sat down with me and like wanted to know about me as a person. That makes a big difference. And a huge difference. And she was like a mama there that like, she loved on us the way that we were, that we needed that program needed at the time. And, you know, I, I've told her this before, but like coach Ford really came in and she had a lot of expectations, very high expectations for us, um, changed, you know, the dynamic of everything that we would do. And it was hard, but she held us to that expectation. And she really like gave us that love that we were desperately in need of my, my senior year. Right. Right. And so that was really cool to get to know her heart and like to see her lead and to propel our team. And then, obviously like giving me the opportunity to stay on staff, learn from her and her staff and get my master's, which was huge. I mean, huge. I get to stay at, you know, in Tempe, I get to be with the team. I get to travel, um, and, and to learn from her and, and meanwhile getting my master's, which is huge. Um, so just like all 
the full circle, that whole timeline of just being in Tempe for those six years, different roles every yep. single year, getting to travel and play in, you know, at LSU two years in a row and losing there and then going to Ole Miss and then for a regional and battling it out, but then losing in that heartbreak my senior year was tough, but then getting opportunities that I didn't even think were a possibility like GAing and getting to go to the world series as a GA and help. I mean, it's just like really cool, unique experiences. And coach Ford really helped me in that aspect of, you know, getting my masters and getting to stay on staff. So it was just, my time in Tempe was awesome. And I don't regret a single thing. And I made some of my really good friends and it was just really cool. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you, you go on to sign a one-year deal with Chicago bandits. The, mm-hmm. the, that would, was it the same year you were, you, yeah, the same year you, you would have signed. I, so I graduated in 2017, 2017 and I, I put myself in the draft. I like said that I wanted to play and I didn't get drafted. So then I just played international. I just played Mexico. Granted every summer since my freshman year, I was going in the summer, I would play with team Mexico. So that year I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to play professionally. It's fine. I'm going to play internationally, which I love. Then the next year, 2018, uh, Stacy Newman, who is the coach is now the head coach at San Diego state. Um, I obviously was recruited by her when I was younger. She called me up randomly and was like, do you want to come play with the bandits professionally? And I'm like, wait, what? Is this a joke? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, uh, where's Ashton Kutcher? Like, am I getting pranked right now? Like, am I right? Yeah. I said, yes. And I went and I signed and I played and Chicago was beautiful. And that was another moment where my mom went, you know, my family got to go out and see me play. They got to visit Chicago and my mom was like, I, I saw you catching in the bullpen for the first game, warming up the pitcher and all those little girls watching you. And that was another moment where she like started tearing up. Like it's just another dream and another goal that like I knocked down, you know? And so I played professionally in 2018. It was wonderful. Um, And then I played 2019 with the Comets. That was the year that we qualified. Um, So I had different. The Comet, that that was the year that was, Mm -hmm. that was essentially, that was team Mexico, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So we were, it was basically all of team Mexico, um, with the name Cleveland Comets to be in the MPF. Um, and honestly that change too was big. Like I, you know, Chicago bandits, they have everything put together. They have their own field that's dedicated just for softball. Yeah. You know, they have, you know, apartments, they have this facility. And then I was very nervous to that transition to go to Cleveland because we were playing in a minor league stadium. It was very different. Just the, the, just everything outside of the sport. And it was one of the best summers that I've ever had. I mean, the people in, in Cleveland were amazing that we got to work with like family. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took such good care of us and we were serving a mission. We were there to prepare to qualify for the Olympics. And I think that that opportunity to play in the NPF, play together as a team, as a national team, working on things, practicing, lifting, um, playing against, you know, the Canadian wild who essentially was team Canada doing Mm -hmm. the same thing that we were doing. Right. And it just, it all worked out so that when we stepped on the field in Surrey, um, that year we qualified and it was just another game and we were prepared. We were ready to go and we were like an oiled machine. We were ready to, to battle together. Okay. I got to, I got to ask about Surrey. <laughs> Let, yeah. Let's jump right into team Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean that qualifier in BC, 
that had to be one of the most special moments for you and for the team ever. Am I right? Oh my God, <laughs> man, that summer of 2019, we were with Cleveland Comets. Then we went to Peru. So we were with Cleveland Comets starting in, I want to say June. Yeah, I right. think June, early, early June and May. Um, we were playing every single game. We would travel on a bus and we would play that day. We'd travel back. It was just a mess. We were playing every single day. And then we went to Peru for the Pan American games and it was cold we were all together for two, three months, every single day. We had just, and we weren't playing our best ball. We were losing. We lost in the bronze game against Puerto Rico, somebody that we were going to see in Canada. And we just all kind of felt deflated at the time. It was very, it was just a long season for us. Right. Yeah. I remember the coaches were like, have a team meeting, figure out what's happening. We can't play in Canada like this. And I remember, cause I was captain at the time. I was like, listen, like, we just need a break from each other. I know how women work. Like <laughs> we just need a break from one another, just some time at home, recharge, and we're going to be ready to go in Canada. I promise you. Yeah. The coaches were like, okay, cool. We get to Canada and it was just like, we were all ready to go. We were all on the same page. And I, my dad's a big workaholic, you know, he's always working. And I remember my mom saying, keep going. Like you need to go because you know, if she qualifies, we're going to be there to celebrate. And if they don't, we're going to be there to pick her up, you know? And I remember after the very first uh, pool game, so everything in in Peru was not going our way. I mean, like the ball was like an inch foul, like everything, the game was just not getting us right. I know what you're saying. Going our way. Right. Yeah. And we got that break. We went home, we unpacked, we repacked, we got on the road to, to Surrey from the first pool game. I went to dinner with my parents and my dad watched the game. My dad went, took time off of work. He was there in the stands. He goes, you guys are going to leave this country undefeated. You're going to leave this tournament undefeated and you guys are going to qualify to the Olympic games. And I was like, I know, I know Wow. the way that we were, Randy, the way that we were playing was just a thing of beauty. It was like that ball that was an inch foul in Peru was an inch fair in Surrey. Like, everything was going our way funny how that everything works. so funny how that, that works this game right yeah. this game is just it's brutal at times but it's beautiful in those moments where you need it to be right yeah. and i just remember i had a little bit of like not anxiety but i just wanted to know if we were going to go or not like i wanted it to be the last game i wanted to clinch or i wanted to know that hey it's not going to happen for us right yeah and i remember our shortstop anisa being like sashelle be where your feet are at. Like, enjoy this game. Enjoy this. You are a big reason why we're here, but enjoy it. Right. And believe me, like it was like a family affair. I remember going to lunch with my parents right before the Puerto Rico game. And my mom went to a Puerto Rico game right before one of our pool games and bless my mom's heart. She had, um, one of the programs that they give at the front of the park. My mom wrote down scouting reports on the Puerto Rico team, like what the girl hit, because my mom understands the game, right? Yes. So she like That's wrote amazing. down this girl did this. Yeah. And so we we're at lunch, right? Bo- or at dinner the night before our Puerto Rico game. And my mom was like, Sichelle, I don't know if you want this, but I wrote down some notes from the game that I saw for Puerto Rico. Here it is. And before my mom could even tell me, I was like, this is their starting lineup. This is what this girl wants. This girl, And that's when my mom, like, I think that's when my mom realized that like, I'm such a student of the game. And like, I literally love this game and I mm-hmm. love, being a leader, I love my position because I knew 
them like the back of my hand. Like I knew what I wanted to throw to them and call for them before I even, I walked on that field. And I'm telling you, Randy, it was just other than the Olympic games. I'm like, that was a man, whole different animal in itself. I got goosebumps right now well, just from that story. Like that's man, awesome. Literally that what we did in 2019 was it for me. Like yeah. it was such an amazing atmosphere. It was something that was so, so fun to be a part of. Like I emptied my tank. I was physically, mentally, emotionally depleted. And that's the way that you should leave every game. Right. But it was just like the way that we played together, everything was going our way. Nobody was going to beat us. And it, it turned out that we went undefeated and we got to qualify and nobody expected us. Nobody in that stadium other than our little family section and our team expected us to get out of that, that Mm. qualifier the way that we did. And we did it because we knew. And I just, I remember (laughs) I'm such a nerd with this stuff, but like, okay. So when going back to ASU in 2011, they won the world series. I remember Kaylin Castillo, somebody that I looked up to caught Dallas. Right. And so when they won the world series, they, she ran to Dallas and she, cause she was my stature. She would jump up onto Dallas like a koala (laughs) and Dallas would like basically carry her. And that's how they celebrated. And I remember my freshman year, I was like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do that. We're going to go to the world series. I'm going to be the catcher and I'm going to run up to Dallas when we win. And I'm going to jump on her. And that's how I'm going to be. That's how I'm going to celebrate. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Come out. I don't play whatever, whatever. So then I remember I was like, if we qualify for the Olympics, that is how I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to go all out. Dallas is going to be pitching and I'm going to celebrate like that. And I remember watching video and it was against Canada. That Puerto Rico game was intense. Like, I don't know how I had the energy to wake up the next day and, and go and play against a team like Canada, but we did it. We found, we found the energy, right? That was a great game. Great game. I mean, that game against Puerto Rico was phenomenal. Yes. Then. I mean, and you could just see the emotion. I mean, that those ESPN plays that all of us were making, they mm. just, the game was giving. And so the next day I remember going against Canada, the last inning again, tight game. And I remember the last out, it was two outs. Um, it was a righty batter. And then we were at a one, two count. Outside pitch. Outside, outside curveball. Dallas was killing it. And I remember catching it and, I look back at the video and at the beginning I was pissed at myself because I was like, (laughs) Michelle, you had your opportunity. But like, I think about it with my parents, the way that I celebrated, I had the ball. I like looked down it honestly in the video. I think I almost fell to my knees because I was just so emotionally drained. I was going to ask you about it because I watched, I I watched it today. Yeah. And I was like, I I was like, no emotion, no emotion. Oh, there's the emotion. (laughs) I felt, I, I literally felt just everything fall, like yeah. my mind, my body, everything. And I was just so, I started crying and mm. I think I was crying because the initial, like, I don't think I was crying because of what we just accomplished right away. I think I was crying because I was tired. I was mentally, <laughs> I was mentally drained. Yeah. I was because I left everything. I, I gave every ounce of my being to my team, to my pitching staff every game. Mm. And so I kind of, it looked like I was about to fall. And then I kind of like started jumping a little bit. Dallas rushed me. We hugged. It was, and then I was okay. I was kind of crying. I I was still crying because I was just tired and I couldn't believe that we did it. We won. It wasn't until I looked over to my parents, my mom and my dad and my brother, my sister was already in college, but 
I looked over to them and I was just a bucket of, I was just sobbing, sobbing. I cannot believe that it happened. It was, I'm telling you, that's why when the pandemic broke out and like everything shut down, I reminded our team over zoom calls that we were doing, listen, no matter what happens, no matter if we get to play or we don't, we have to remember that feeling of 2019 because what we did shocked the world. Yep. Honestly. Oh, and that's something to this day I'm so proud of. Yeah. I got to ask you about, uh, after that win, calling your grandmother. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. You're gonna make me cry, but, um, no, 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 no. I, my, um, my grandma's very, all my grandparents are from Mexico. Um, my dad's side, they still live there. And my mom's side, they came when they were very, very young to the States. Mm. I'm talking like 16, 17 years old, married by 17, like just laid it down the foundations for my whole family. Like they did all the, all the hard work to be able to have our family where we're at now and to allow me to play and allow me to have these opportunities that I do in the States. But my grandma's very nervous. She does not watch our games. Like she came to my senior day only the last day, because that's when they do like the little, you know, the, the ceremony on the field where they announce the seniors on their last game. At the, yeah. And my grandma was there. That was the only time that I really remember my grandma going to see me play. And she, I called her and I called her and my grandpa and I was like, I was still crying. And I was like, grandma, grandpa, I just wanted to call to let you know that we qualified for the Olympic games. We just beat Canada, blah, blah, blah. I'm sobbing. I can't even get a sentence in. <laughs> and she goes, oh, Mija, don't worry. We were watching. I was watching. And I was like, I lost it. Wow. I was like, holy yeah. crap. She literally, poor woman, sat through that whole game. So nervous the <laughs> entire so time. so close, sure. too. Oh, oh my God. Wow. The, like, most anticip- anxious, <laughs> anticipated game, right? Like, that she had to sit through. Yeah. But she watched. And for me, it's like, my dad played in Mexico for the national team. He wanted to, his dream was to play in MLB. And it didn't happen. Yeah. And to see like, and I'm so happy that my mom urged him to like skip work and, and to see us play in that tournament. Cause like, honestly, it was like a full circle, not just for me. It was like for my whole family. Like yeah. it was just, it's something that like, it's really hard to explain. I'm just like growing up. I was, it's always about family and no matter how much, you know, you can get annoyed with each other, you bicker, you fight, like their family is the only people that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know. It just, I get it. A little teary head thinking about it, but like, I'm just very lucky that I got, I was born into this amazing family and this amazing knit of people. And yeah. just, man, it just, I, I could play literally international for the rest of my life and just playing for that country. And like what my parents had a sacrifice to get to that spot was really special. And to hear that she was taught, she was watching at home and it just was so special. Oh. And I'm just, it was so, so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. Oh, like yeah. it's it's hard to put into words. Really, it's like it, honestly, I'm I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I I'm a very I'm a talker. I'm very about human interaction, <laughs> human connection. And right now, Randy, I'm like literally, I'm kind of I have a I'm having a hard time formulating words just because like it's it was never. And this is what sometimes like when we get a little backlash for being Mexican Americans, right? Mm-hmm. For me, it was never all. It was never about oh, I didn't make Team USA. I'm going to go play for Mexico or I'm just going to play on Mexico because I want to go to the Olympics. Like for me, it was never about that. I told you my story. Like I I did it because 
I was like in desperate need to find something that re-sparked my love for the game. Mm-hmm. And without me even knowing, my dad knew what I needed, which was to try out for this team, you know. And if I didn't try out for that team, I think my life and my career would have been completely different. And so like Mexico was really a saving grace for me. Like it was something that like I grew up on that team. I started as a 17 year old that was like kind of lost and sad for a moment. And I ended it at the Olympic games as a 25 year old. And like, I really grew up on the, on that, on that team Mm -hmm. and and playing that international ball. And so like, it hurts when people say like, Oh, it's cause you, you know, you just wanted to go to the Olympics. I'm like, I was on that team a long time before the Olympic games were even a thing for us softball players. Yeah, I did it because I loved the sport. I loved my bloodline and I wanted to be able to represent something that was a lot bigger than myself. And, and it saved you from like to keep playing the game. It saved me from just, ending softball cold yes. turkey because i was so close to doing that and it's just like it, i'm i'm very proud i'm very proud of just the tenacity that i had that my teammates had and just the way that we we you know locked arms and we walked together through the you know all that adversity and it was just honestly it was a, a real real special treat for me to get to play international ball yeah and just to represent and it was just so special yeah now i gotta ask about that that two-year time period because you know, I've, I've talked to a number of other players from other countries mm-hmm. since the Olympics have ended, you know, yeah. inc- including Nicole a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, I heard her um, her episode. So I got to ask that that two year time period from when you qualified to when you actually got to Tokyo, how much of a emotional roller coaster ride was it? Oh, well, so we went to after we qualified in 2019, we went to Japan in, in November for like a training camp type of thing. We came back and I remember going over there and seeing everybody with masks on, but like, it wasn't a thing. Like right. I didn't hear anything about the coronavirus, but like, and I was just like, Oh, we didn't really think anything of it. Then in January of the next year, we went to Australia and then, uh, February went to Mexico to play in a tournament there. Wonderful tournament. We got to do a camp with the local kids. It was just amazing to be, playing in front of people, my whole, my dad's whole side of the family. So it was just so awesome to play there. Then all of a sudden March comes around and, you know, all of a sudden this whole, this, you know, pandemic is happening. Everything shut down. My sister comes home from college and I'm like, Holy crap, this is like real. Like we're not going to get to play. Like nothing's going to happen. Right. Hmm. It was hard. It was, we, you know, we had people, we did like zoom calls together as a team to try to like keep our, you know, team chemistry and just be on the same, you know, goals with our, you know, same path and same page with our goals and physically, mentally, all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think about it. I'm like, you know, if this is the worst thing where I can't go play in an Olympic games because of a pandemic and they're making this decision, obviously to keep not just our team, but everybody safe. Yeah. I was like, I'm very lucky to say that, Oh, if the worst thing that I can't do is to go play in the Olympic games, you know what I mean? Like I'm living a pretty good life. And so I just like, I clung, I cling to the fact of what we did in 2019 and just to be prepared, like to be ready that if they said green light, let's go. And also red light, we can't do anything about it. We're not going to be able to to make it happen. I was going to be okay. You know, it was a weird time training here at home. Um, I did, really find joy in my own space and taking time out of my day to go work out. I I was probably in one of the best physical shapes I had ever been in 
Um, I just, I really committed to losing weight, to being ready just in case they did say it's time to go. Right. Yeah. And just having those times where, you know, um, we all, all of us girls on the national team read the same book. We would, you know, talk about the book and what we learned from it. And so we were finding ways to connect and to, you know, stay united. Um, but it, it was a weird, a weird time for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just finding a way. I mean, I remember when my sister first came back from college, me and my siblings didn't even leave the house. Like we stayed at home. We were being super safe about everything, protecting my grandparents. I mean, we're big huggers. We're big family. We never got together as a family during the pandemic, you know, with my grandparents, we're huge on hugs and kisses and we, I, I, we don't hug. And even tough. to this day, like, mm. it's just, we're very, whenever my grandparents are around, I don't care if there's no lift, the, they lifted the mandate with masks. I wear my mask around them just because like yeah. we're protecting them and we're taking care of one another. So it was a weird time, but I definitely think that I found things and I had time for things that I, I typically didn't have time for. And it was just, it was a weird time, but I'm happy that they did make that decision to keep everybody safe. And look, at it ended up coming out that we were able to play in 2021. And um, so it, it was a weird, very weird time, but we found ways to stay connected as a team. Yeah. Now I know, I, obviously it wasn't the outcome you guys were looking for. I mean, you mentioned it yeah. earlier, but uh, safe to say the experience ranks right up there. Oh man. I mean, it was, it was really special to share it with the, the girls, be in the village. Um, we got to Japan a little bit before um, the Olympic Games. Um, and again, like how the game is, I, we were playing an exhibition game um, in, uh, against a local like college team. And it was one of the, like, the games right before we went into the Olympic Village. And I, did a, I made a swing on one of the pitches and I hurt my hand. I hurt my right hand, my throwing hand. And I had to sit out the next couple games. And I was like, really? Like, I thought I broke my hand. I was like, really? Oh, no. Right right before the most important games of my career, I'm going to get hurt. Right. And it okay. wasn't something where it was like career ending. It was just, you know, pain on my hand. And I remember working, you know, doing therapy, doing, you know, rehab, prehab, all that stuff, taping it up, you know, bathing it so that when I got to the Olympic Village, I was ready to go. And I'm telling you, like... It was just all the emotions, all the things that lead up to that moment and just taking it all in and being where your feet are, where your feet are at is hard, especially in that moment when you want to do all that you can. But I really like, and it's so funny. I would always give my dad crap. I'm like, why do you always say like, don't have any regrets? Like he was just trying to like, in in high school, he'd be like, do you really want to go to that football game or do you want to stay back? And like, you don't have any regrets when you go play on Sunday. Right. Like he would always tell me that, but like, I would chuckle at myself because I'd be like, dang, at at the Olympic games, maybe it didn't go the way that we wanted, but like, I have no regrets like at all, at all with my career with Mexico or that tournament. Like everything happens for a reason and the way it's supposed to happen. And to say that a little girl that used to go from Chula Vista that had a dream of playing college and then going to exhibition games for Team USA right up the road from my house to get to say that I went to the Olympic Games. I mean, it's just, it was, it's so awesome to think about. And sometimes I forget about it. And I'm like, holy crap, I go through my, my pictures. And I'm like, I, we really did that as a team. Yeah. And so it was just really special. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I can't end the podcast without talking about Athletes Unlimited. Now, oh, yeah. I see you're back for season three plus, plus AUX, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How grateful are you that league came along? 
Oh man. I, so that happened. Our first season was in 2020. I remember I got asked about playing in it. It was during the pandemic. So I was at home. I got asked about it and I'm not going to lie to you that plane ride to Chicago right after, like it was August. I was nervous. I was like, Oh my God, I have a mask. Oh, no like, doubt. <laughs> it was just different. Like it was my first time really leaving traveling during like after the pandemic had hit it was a bright light in 2020 for sure. It got us all back on the field. I got to see some of my Mexico sisters. I got to see people that played on Team USA that, you know, that's a really cool thing about Athletes Unlimited. You get to play with and against people that, mainly with people that you don't typically get to be teammates with, right? Yeah. So like international ball, you get to play with, you know, against Team Canada or against, let's say, Team USA, right? And you grow up playing against girls on team USA in college. And then you play international and there's like this little rivalry. Cause you know, we're Americans as well, Mexican Americans and we yep. play against them in college, but getting to know people's hearts and getting to know them on a personal level is what I'm most thankful for about AU. I mean, I get to, I love watching, um, Haley McClinney compete and be, but getting to know her as a person and like getting to pick her brain, be her teammates and learn about what she thinks about in the box. Those are memories and things that I would have never said I would have been able to do in college. Right. Yeah. Now, and so, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I say, I say it all the time on here. Cause I, I love AU so much. And I, mm -hmm. I say, you guys look like you're genuinely having a blast out there. Oh, it's the best thing ever. I mean, it's five weeks of competitive softball. You're constantly changing teams. You're constantly having to buy into that culture of the team week to week. And it's just something that like, we are getting exposure and we are basically laying the foundations for the younger generations. And like, my hope is that, you know, my sister, when she's done playing at a, um, U of a, that she has opportunities to play professionally and that AU is even bigger when she's out of college so that she has those opportunities to play, to make good money, to, to compete against some of the best and to just show the younger generations what they can look forward to. Yeah. For sure. Was it, was it, uh, cooler having, you know, finally having fans this year, like, sorry, oh, last year, man. I guess. <laughs> it was so awesome. Yeah. So like the pandemic year, it was pretty weird. Just empty. We had a lot of protocols, you know, every week we were getting COVID tested. We were in a bubble. Um, it was just very difficult, very different, not difficult, different, um, than what we were used to. Yeah. And then last year we had fans back. And I remember the last season or last game of the season last year, I got interviewed while I was catching. Um, and Danielle, uh, Danielle Laurie asked me how it was like the biggest takeaway and the biggest difference. And honestly, it was the fans. Like mm -hmm. there's just such an awesome camaraderie of people coming together to watch us compete and signing autographs and getting to connect with those young girls that come and watch from near and far. And just it's it's really exciting and that's why I'm so excited for AUX and I'm so lucky that they asked me to come back because it's here in San Diego and I'm just so excited for the girls, the girls that I give lessons to, the girls that are here in the South Bay get to see professional softball firsthand because I was that little girl a long time ago. I would go to I would go to the Olympic Training Center and see Jessica Mendoza and you know Natasha Watley, I have pictures with all of them, Tiara Flowers. Like I oh, literally awesome. showed her a picture of me and her when I went to go see her. I showed her when I saw her at Palm Springs. I said, coach, I hope you don't mind me, you know, because I know the pitching coach there. I went up to her and I was like, I, want, I need to show you something. Look at this picture. And she's like, Sashel. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> so just like these full circle moments, right? Like 
hopefully this AU continues growing so that these girls have something to strive for. And like I said, my sister in the next couple of years gets an opportunity to play professionally too. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. I love, I love stories. Where, it was you awesome. Know, th- like the full circle ones. Like, yep. Those are so great. Ah, oh. I, it's, it's just so awesome. And I'm telling you, my sister, <laughs> she's the jokester. She's the crazy one, but she's like, Sashelle, you're going to play AU until I'm graduated. And then we're <laughs> going to play together. And I'm like, <laughs> at the beginning, like, Right after I played AU, it was like, surely that's three years from now. Like that's a lot. It's a long time. Right. But I've been working out on this off season. I've been really prioritizing my health and just getting physically and mentally ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before I would have been like, surely you're kind of crazy, but now I'm like, I could do it. Absolutely. I could do it. 100%. So, you know, it's all about opportunity and it's all about, you know, just kind of showing up authentically yourself and, and basically marketing and branding our sport the way that it should be. And I'm maybe that's the next thing is me and the Palacio sisters taking on AU together. That would be a dream. And maybe that will be the next thing that we get to accomplish together. But it's, I'm very excited for AU. Well, I'm, I'm definitely here for that content. That's all. That would be awesome. It'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. All right. A little thing we like to end the podcast with. Um, I call it player association. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw some names to you. Okay. And you can say as much or as little about them as you want. Okay. All right. First one. We talked about her before. Uh, Dallas Escobedo. Oh, man. I, like I said, I went in as a freshman. She was a senior. I got to catch her. I, I feel like, obviously, she was a senior. I was a freshman. Our, She took us under her wing um, and just, like, laid the foundation. Really was, like, the blueprint for our program. Um, but it wasn't until the national team where I got to like truly get to compete with her, like be a battery with her and learn her and what she needs to be successful. And it was just really cool getting to know her. And obviously on the field, she's a competitor, right? She's a beast, but you get to know her outside of the sport and like, just, she's an awesome human, great human and very, very passionate about what she does and her craft and being the best that she could be. And it was just, it was really cool to get to grow with her as a battery with Mexico. And, you know, I tell her all the time, I'm like, if you ever need a catcher, like if you ever need a bullpen catcher, if you ever need, you know, I'm in Arizona, if you, I'm like, I literally would definitely catch her and just be that person that can kind of pull her out and just, I don't know. It was just so fun getting to compete with her. And like you said, this sport full circle moment, went in as a little freshman, she was a senior and then getting to end, you know, in Tokyo with her was just yeah. so, so, so special. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. I, I love to talk to Dallas on the podcast. I, I think she'd, uh, she'd have some good stories for sure. Oh, she is wonderful. Uh, next on the docket, Chelsea Gonzalez. Oh, my fellow Sun Devil. You're asking all my Sun Devil <laughs> sisters, but I love it. Chelsea, me and Chelsea went in my, uh, our freshman year. Um, we lived together. We did everything together, basically that freshman year and just going through college. We were inseparable literally by the end of it. Like we got to finish out together, start together, finish out together. Um, and then she joined team Mexico and, um, I mean, obviously on the field, a great addition to our, to our team. Um, but Chelsea's just so good. And I, I always knew this in college, Chelsea's so good about 
like just being present and just having a good time. You're always going to see her with a smile on her face. She's always going to be laughing and just very go with the flow. And sometimes me who is kind of sometimes could be a little bit, I'm an overthinker in certain things. She just kind of reminds me to just have fun and smile and, and let loose. And I mean, we basically grew up in college together too. And it was just really cool to have another familiar face and another Sun Devil on our, on our national team and to get to, you know, live it out. And again, I haven't seen her. She's been so hard with off season and stuff, but I haven't seen her since, since then. But every time we come together, it's just laughing and, and, and camaraderie and good times. So I do miss seeing her and getting to spend so much time with her, but she's great. And she just always keeps it light and is always smiling. Excellent. Uh, Tori Vidalis. Ah, Tori. Tori is like one of my really, really close friends. Uh, Tori is just very, she, she steps up and speaks up for people that, you know, don't want to step on anybody's toes or she's very, um, passionate, passionate. She's very talented. She comes from a great family. And I mean, I got to, she came on, I remember when she, her first tournament was at OKC when we were at, um, the world cup. And I remember seeing her, I didn't really know anything of her in college. I just, I, I was kind of oblivious to all that stuff. I was just like, Oh, you're part of the team. Let's do it. Right. Like, (laughs) welcome. Let's go. Welcome to our family. Right. And you know, she is somebody that, you know, has been there since the beginning with the national team too. And, um, just getting to again, know her heart and consider her like family too. And, uh, she's just very passionate, very outspoken and, um, and a true competitor. And it's been a pleasure. She knows me very well. And, um, getting to play with her at AU a couple of times. And I remember at AU this past season, all of the girls on team X, I was the only person on team Mexico that was not on that blue team. I think it was blue. I was the only person that wasn't on that blue team. I was on a different team. And I like, was like, (laughs) I had FOMO. I'm telling you, because it just, you know, we're very passionate. We're very feisty. We're very bubbly. And we just, we welcome people with open arms. And I, part of me was like, wow, I'm so proud. Like I'm a proud teammate. I'm a proud family member of that family. Right. Like just, I love seeing us together and how we treat people. But again, I was like a little FOMO. I was like, well, I'm jealous. I didn't get on the blue team this this week, but it was, um, she's, she's passionate and one of my really close friends. That's awesome. That's, that's a great story. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was pissed. Last one, certainly not least, you know, her pretty well. Charlize Palacios. Uh, you're going to literally make me cry. And I love it. I, I love my sister. I love her. Um, I can tell from Instagram. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to turn my account into like a Shelly's Palacios fan account. I think, um, man, that girl, she, she seems very well for herself. She's, oh my God. She's the truest, most purest competitor. There is, there is like, She's so professional when it comes to her craft and she doesn't even know it. Like she doesn't even know her strength and her, what she brings to the sport and what she brings to her teams. She, I'm so proud of her. I'm proud of her outside of the sport. Like just seeing her become a woman and like grow up and be in college and handle herself and handle everything that being a student athlete entails she is a great sister to me and my brother. She's a wonderful daughter. She's hilarious. She's a great friend. Uh, she, I'm just so proud of her. Like, 
out of all the questions you asked me today, I'm over here sitting crying, thinking about her and just, she's just great. And I, she deserves all of the successes in the world academically, athletically. And I just like, I wish everybody can be in her light and in her presence. She's so wonderful. And I'm just such a proud big sister. I believe it or not, I learned so much from her and just like, her tenacity and what she brings to the sport and just what she, what she is just by showing up as herself. And I'm just so proud of her and being able to, to be outside of college athletics for a little bit. I'm living vicariously through her. Right. But like, there's not much that brings me more like pride than getting to be in the stands, watching her do her thing. Mm -hmm. And she's just so wonderful. And I am so proud of her and I love her so much. And this was by far the hardest, <laughs> hardest question to answer, but, uh, sorry, so sorry about this. No, I love it. I love it. And just, I mean, and that's just a testament to like how our parents brought us up. Like we, we feel all of our emotions. I feel my emotions very deeply, mm. good, bad, whatsoever, like, yep. you know, whatever. Like I, I feel all of it so deeply and there's something so unique about having a sister and having a sibling. And I just, there's, there's nothing like that bond and there's nothing like that, that relationship. And, you know, I talk to her, we talk every single day. We talk about our good, the goods, the bads, the uglies. And she's been there for me in moments where I feel like, you know, more tough and I wasn't going to get through, but she's been there, whether she knows it or not, you know, mm. she's been such a, a bright light and I just, I love her so much. And, She's just amazing. That's awesome. That is, I, yeah. and I actually just thought of something while you were talking about her. What was it like to uh, play against her in the exhibition tour before the Olympics? Oh my god, that was so cool! So we had that planned out for twenty or twenty, yeah, twenty twenty, right before the Olympics. It got canceled, and obviously, I was sad about that. But that was one mm. that I was like so disappointed about. I was like, ah, oh, my parents screwed us, but mind you, five years apart. Like, really, they had to wait <laughs> yeah. that long. We could have been closer <laughs> in age, right? But, um, so that was one that I was really disappointed about. Um, I remember that when we got our schedule for 2021, they still had that on the schedule. And I was so pumped. I was like, Charlize, I'm getting to go to U of A. I'm getting to go play against you. And it was nothing like giving crap or throwing shade. Like it was all out of love. Like it was something that we had been waiting to share the field in that way. Granted, we would love to play together and maybe one day that will happen. But it was something that, you know, we wanted to share the field together. And you know, it just, again, this game has such a funny way thing of, of working itself out. Like you asked her if she would play defense for the rest of her life or hit, she would say hit. And I'm the opposite. I would say I would play defense for the rest of my life. And we always joke, if you put us together, we'd be the ultimate package. But, um, I'll never forget. We played against them. And again, the way the game works, I was the one that hit the home run and she was the one that hit through a route, a runner. And I'm like, what is this opposite day? Is this, this is just so weird. But I remember just having that sense of, you know, they announced our alumni uh, in front of the stadium, which I was just so happy to see our alumni get that moment to go back to their old stomping grounds, like Taylor, Tooley and Bridget to get that moment and to have the fans just recognize all their accomplishments that they did on that field. Um, And then I remember getting pushed out and then hearing, seeing my sister walking to home plate, and then I heard my name and I was like, oh my God, no, they did not. They're announcing a Sun Devil at U of A Stadium. And I was like, just that moment for me is getting to, to share wow. that field with my sister. And 
honestly, my, my teammates really took Charlize. They're like older sisters to her too. You know, mm-hmm. they treat her the way that, you know, they would a younger sister. And I remember talking to Charlize after the game, she was crying like a grateful cry. Mm. She was like, it was just so out of body. Like I remember, she was like, I remember when you were up to bat, I've always been in the stands. She's the show. Like I've always been watching you from across the fence. And I was in my squat catching that game. And you were literally inches away. I was inches away from my idol. Like I was inches away from you. And she was telling me and my friends, she was like, I had this urge to like stick out my hand and touch your leg. Like while you were hitting, <laughs> she's like, cause I didn't know if it was real or I was dreaming. And I was like, Charlize, you're wild. But she was just like, for her, it was like a full circle moment. And for me too, it was just, it was awesome. It was so great to get to share the field with her and hopefully we'll get more opportunities in the, in the future. But I just, I have nothing but amazing things to say about her. Oh. What a perfect way to end the podcast. This, oh man, all wow. in tears over here. <laughs> unreal, unreal. Sash, I, this has been awesome. Like, I have to thank you for coming so on. This has been so much fun. It has been. Thank you so much for having me and and for sharing that same passion about our sport that I do. And just been, it was great. Thank you so much. Absolutely, looking forward to uh, to watching you in AUX and and season three of AU and yes. And can't wait for that announcement that you're coming on. So uh, I know. Stay tuned. Absolutely. All the best. Thank you so much. Take care. Taking time off from the act and I gotta relax. I need a new beat. Yo, for stroll, I got a few treats. You been up in the city long? Nah, only two weeks. Cool. Well, I'm sorry about the weather. It's been raining all week. I hope it gets a little better. Either way, class, listen. I got an ill vision by the song I'm working on. You think you got the right rhythm? Man, come on. You know I got some shit that'll break your neck. I used up what I want, but you can take what's left. Don't give me bullshit, dog. You know I blaze the set. You know you got something safe for West. I got an ill concept. Hip hop. I will pay the real long distance. What? 1987. I've been rapping in the ciphers in the sessions, and I'm still be getting stressed on the block. You know it's hard to be hip hop, and ain't nobody staying real. But don't pay bills when you showcase skill. Ain't nobody living off of doing windmills or painting train rails. That's real. It's hard to be hip hop. Cause I don't pack steel, do my tracks appeal And to the mass appeal, watch a fast say fail Yeah, I'm hip-hop son until my casket sealed It's hard in the culture when the fans are fickle to understand my issue, your man will diss you One minute you're whacking, then your jam's yeah. official And then they switch again, throw bottles of cancer hit you First they loved LL, and then they hated him And then they loved him again, and they degraded him So lately, basically, I don't know if I can play to win Survival of the fittest, let me see what type of shape Yo, I'm in Yo, when I was younger, like 19 I could spend all day writing rhyme schemes Spitting freestyle and cypher in the streets But now I got responsibilities Yo, it's hard to be hip hop. Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted? Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902 
402-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.